This is episode 173 of the Focused Mindset Podcast. It can be a challenge when you're communicating with someone and you don't see eye to eye. It can be even more challenging when your child is disobeying and not on track and you want to be able to say or do something to shake them out of it. And I always talk to you about asking questions. And you might wonder, what questions can I use to help get somebody back on track or to help a relationship be on the same page? Today is the day that I'm going to share with you some powerful questions you can use. You're going to enjoy every minute. So let's get started. This is the podcast where you learn how to build stronger connections and have better conversations using the solution-focused approach. I'm Cher Kretz. I'm a school counselor and a solution-focused life coach, and each week we learn new strategies so that we can build our families strong and be the person that we were always meant to be. You can learn more about our products and services by going to thefocusedmindset.com or hop over to Amazon to get 30 Days to Higher Hopes. We have a lot to talk about. Before we do, I want us just to slow down for a minute. Whenever we put time aside to give back to ourselves and listen to a podcast, sometimes we listen and then we move on to the next activity. But the best way for us to slow down our mind and be able to take in what we're listening to is to take a minute and get in the right mindset. And I want us to be able to do that before we move forward. I realize that there's things that I do before I start a podcast and I want to share them with you. They come from 30 Days to Higher Hopes, the journal that I created that you can get on Amazon. It's based on the research that shows us that when we can see a more hopeful future, a brighter future, and we're able to move towards that future, we are then in that mindset that's aligned and ready to be productive, no matter how busy we are, no matter what we've been through. And the first thing we need to remember is that as we listen to not only this podcast, but the thoughts that flow through our mind, we're going to be in a gathering state. If you have a thought that pops in your mind that starts to go off into a rabbit hole of uh, judgment or uh, something that went on in your life this last week that you're beating yourself up, now is not the time for that. Now is the time to gather information and take it in and sit with it for a moment. And the next thing we're going to do is we're going to look for pathways where we can make a plan. We need to be able to open our eyes to all the different pathways that exist that sometimes we're blind to. And we do that by being aware of the thoughts that come, the brand new thoughts that come into our mind while we're taking in information, while we're gathering. So as you're gathering information, something comes in your mind and it says, you know what, I need to reach out to this person I haven't reached out to, or I need to make a plan to be able to spend time with a certain individual. Or it could be, you know, I need to reframe the way that I'm thinking. That is what we take notice of. We take notice of it in such a deliberate way that we can't 
help but see a brand new pathway in front of us. And then we make a plan of action. Action is so important. And that's what the next step is. We're going to soar forward after listening to this. We're going to take that nugget that was just for you that you know you needed to hear, and you're going to soar forward into action. Now, you can just call that starting. I can tell you when I'm working with a client, I use my own GPS life system to help me out. I do kind of reorganize it. In my journal, I say, we're going to gather information without judgment. We're going to plan with a purpose, and we're going to soar into action. And that's wonderful when we're journaling. But when I'm sitting in front of some, somebody and we're having a conversation, it's more it, it's it's more in the moment. We're sitting there face to face. I'm trying to uh, relate with them, make a con- connection with them. They are with me. And in that case, I start still by gathering information without judgment of what they say. And then I have a clear focus on looking for those pathways I talked about so I can bring them up to help that other person that I'm talking to see something in a whole new light. It's amazing when you're able to do this with a conversation with any, your loved one, your child, your spouse, and you bring up something that they actually said and you state it in such a way that helps them see a brand new pathway. P stands for pathway and then plan with purpose. And then the next thing I look for as a counselor is to say, what can they do to start? All right. Soaring is a big word. And we like to think, yeah, we're going to soar into the stratosphere with this one. But really, sometimes we just need to take that very first step to start. It's amazing how if we stay in one place, we get stuck in our mind. But the moment we do the thing that our mind was thinking of a million reasons why we shouldn't, we realize, wow, we can step towards this and amazing things happen. So take a minute right now and commit to being in a gathering state, looking for brand new pathways, and then ways that you can start a whole new journey in your life towards your best hopes, towards your personal goals, towards being really the best version of yourself. The next thing I like to do is say one of my affirmations. I happen to have my affirmations in my phone and I'll read them maybe on my way to working out or on my way back. And one affirmation that we can say together right now is found at the beginning of the journal that I wrote. Let's say, on this day, I promise to have an open mind and I choose to believe in a hopeful future. You tell yourself, on this day, I I'm going to have an open mind and I choose to believe in a bright future. Even as you say that in your mind right now, it begins to rewrite the negative script that wants to creep up in your mind. It doesn't matter the challenges that you're going through. It doesn't matter how astronomical it may seem or how how many struggles that have happened even in the last couple of hours when you stop and you state an affirmation that means something to you. It it changes the way we think, and that is having a focused mindset. Having a focused mindset is not when they get fixated on something and they cannot get off of it because that's, no. Having a focused mindset is being able to say, "I'm, I'm keeping myself clear. I'm 
giving myself affirmations that make sense and I'm willing to move forward towards them. So today let's take a minute and let's say that affirmation together. On this day, I promise to have an open mind and I choose to believe in a hopeful future. With that in mind, I want to talk to you a little bit about questions you can ask yourself to help you get moving forward, to help you get into action like we just talked about. When you're in education, you're going to different workshops. And one of the more helpful ones I've been to recently is Capturing Kids Hearts. Some of the stuff is um, stuff that I wouldn't personally use, but there is one line of questioning that I know that you can use to say to yourself, to say to your kids, to say whenever you need to, to get a reset. There's so many times within the day that we need a reset. We need to re-get back where we need to be because things get crazy. And then you're like, wait a minute, three hours went by and what did I do with my time? What did I do just now? Was that anywhere near what I had wanted to do? No. And then comes the excuses. Well, I needed the downtime. Well, maybe that needed to get done anyway. The truth is we want to have productive days every day and we want our loved ones to be able to do the same. When it comes to our loved ones, many times, uh, especially us wives, but you know what? Men, you are not immune to this. We fall into nagging, nag, nag, nag. Why didn't you get this done? Making a, a list of things that has to be done. Or we criticize. Why, why is this not done by now? Don't you know we need to? And this negative cloud becomes over the things that we need to do. It falls over the things that we need to do. Look, we're busy. We have a lot going on. Some things are going to fall through the cracks. We got to be able to have a good attitude and a lighthearted spirit in order to move along in our day as we get things done. But one way we can do that is to have questions that we can ask that are less threatening, that aren't mean-spirited, aren't rooted in fear of the dangers that uh, lie ahead of us, but helps us focus. And I learned them in the Capturing Kids Hearts model. I'm going to read them for you right now. First question is, what are you doing? The next is, what are you supposed to be doing? The third is, are you doing that? And the fourth is, what are you going to do about it? Now, these are the four questions that they teach teachers to ask the students so the teachers can help the student redirect and get back on task on their own. So often a student isn't doing what they want and a teacher will immediately want to be like, how many times have I told you? And there's a, a real negative feeling about the scolding or the get them back on track or everybody look at me. No, you're not listening. It's just, it's, it's, it can happen before they know it. But part of the reason is because they don't have another tool that they can try that helps somebody take ownership of their action. It's, very easy for somebody to listen to instruction and say, uh-huh, and nod, and uh-huh, and then for some reason it doesn't get to the place of actually action. You know that you've done that very same thing where you're correcting or you're saying a whole line of thought and thinking someone's listening to you, and then either they tuned you out or they did not process it in a way that can be useful. 
if they're not processing it in a way it can be useful, it's because they're not taking ownership of that for some reason. It might be as simple as that they're not taking in that knowledge and making it their own. And then they need to reframe it and say that back in such a way that it completely changes how they look at it. Why? Because they internalized it. We use our powerful mind in our favor. They rethink it and then they say it out. And that very action allows them to take ownership. That's why we hear so often that we learn more from teaching a a subject than we do from learning about a subject. We learn about it and we think that's great. We practice it. That's one thing. Once we teach it to others, it, it kind of sticks in a different way. So these questions, I suggest first, we write them in a place where we ask ourselves. It might seem elementary, but guess what? We need to keep ourselves in check. Just the other day, I was in a space with my daughter where I just wanted to shoot back the next thought that was coming through my mind. I just wanted to say the next thing. I was feeling eager and anxious about a situation. And I practiced this exact model. Now, it wasn't perfect, but I noticed a difference. And I allowed myself to stop and say, all right, you did better and better is good. And we're moving in that direction because I stopped as I noticed my daughter making choices that I thought she should make different choices and I wanted to shoot back. But why didn't you do this? Well, when did you? I stopped, took a breath and I thought, what are you doing? What are you supposed to be doing? Are you doing that? what are you going to do about it? I told myself what I wanted to do about it was be quiet. In that moment, being quiet, making sure my voice tone was different, making sure my body language was not giving out stress, but giving out information. And then choosing to say, oh, I wonder if we could try this or have you tried that in a different manner. I noticed a difference in that conversation, and it's not the only time that's happened. I want you to look for the next time that you can notice a difference in your conversation. Maybe with your significant other, you will avoid a fight, avoid a situation where one person gets offended, and then the other person has to defend themselves, and then the other person has to get back at that person. Maybe you can rewind that, and at the very beginning of that potential argument and disagreement, you can ask different questions in a different type of way. And watch your body language. Now, what do the statistics say? Our words, the actual things that come out of somebody's mouth accounts for about 7% of what people pay attention to. The tone that we use, that accounts for 38%. But the body language, the things that they would see whether there was any sound at all, that accounts for 55% of what somebody takes in when they're listening to you. I mean, 7% is coming from what we talk about. Now, I'm an auditory learner, so I'd like to think that mine is a little bit higher. But think about somebody who's a really visual learner. Their body language, what they're taking in and, and, and looking at as how you really feel, 
that might be even higher than 55%. These are basic averages, but it's mind blowing when we really wrap our mind around it, because even these very questions said the wrong way with the wrong tone will say something completely different. And I can tell you that in my many, many years of counseling, I have seen the the most interesting examples when I'm in the observing mode and maybe I was in a teacher's classroom and they said these questions to a student and then they circle back to their administrator and they repeat those questions that they said, but it's completely different. I think that's not the tone they used. That wasn't the body language that they said. It might've been the words that came out of their mouth. There's a big difference between saying, what are you doing? What are you supposed to doing? Are you doing that? Well, what are you going to do about it? (laughs) Or something similar to that. And the kid then feels belittled and less than. Same thing with any conversation with anybody. If you say something like, what are you going to do about it? Or you say, well, what are you going to do about it? And that tone change that body language change, a little bit of a smile on your face, compassion in your eyes, relaxed shoulders. It's going to produce a different type of result. So you memorize these questions. It's the same thing we do in solution-focused mindset, solution-focused communication. We memorize these questions in our mind so they're ready when the time comes. It's not like we're just rattling out questions and then we don't listen, but we have questions ready that might be helpful. And then we say, oh, it's right there on the forefront of my mind. These questions are, what are you doing? What are you supposed to be doing? Are you, and then what are you going to do about it? Are the three basic ones. Those questions are, what are you doing? What are you supposed to be doing? And are you doing that? Well, what are you going to do about it? And when they hear that, when students hear that line of questioning in that type of way, and a teacher can just come up, put their hand on their desk, speak quietly so it doesn't embarrass them to the whole world, and just say, what are you doing? What are you supposed to be doing? Are you doing that? What are you going to do about it? And they have the opportunity to correct what they're doing. They have the opportunity to change their outcome. So it doesn't have to be a problem. That quick opportunity is everything when we're learning. I've spoke um, in my last episode about coaches. And since then, I had a conversation with a coach friend of mine. And he said, some coaches just like to yell, run faster. But I found that if you don't actually show them how to move faster when the ball is coming and then, you know, how to react differently, that even a simple request like run faster, their mind doesn't register it. It doesn't get done. Isn't that true also if we're learning any skill that our mind is somehow not learning, even the stuff that we've learned several times? If somebody just says, um, say I'm when I learned to uh, water ski, if I was just out there in the water and someone says, okay, now you're out there. Now when the boat starts, just stand up. There's a small percentage of people out there that might be able to process that and then do it in the moment, but I'm surely not one of them. I need 
further information of how might I stand up in this situation when I have water skis on in the middle of a cold lake holding onto a rope. That's what I'd like to know. And when someone's patient enough to tell me the steps to get to that result, then when that boat launches forward and it's moving, I can do it rather than flop on my face. Now, truth be told, of course, when I learned, I flopped my face several times before I figured it out. When we take all of these analogies that we, analogies that we know exist in the world around us and we put it towards our own life, we put it towards our communication with those we love the most. We sit down with even our youngest child as a parent and we make them aware. Wake up, whatever you're doing right now. You're not doing what you're supposed to. Let me give you an opportunity to change. What are you doing? Now, turn on your mind. What are you supposed to be doing? Oh, yeah. Are you doing that? They look at themselves. Actually, I'm not. And what are you going to do about it? What a gentle, what a more kind, what a more respectful way to give somebody a chance to correct their actions. We know that many times just with those thoughts placed into their head, their steps of action uh, begin to flow through their own brain because they do know what they need to be doing in so many cases. Now, it is true that there are times that you have to reassess if you've taught them what they need to do well. Hey, you know, no problem if you didn't. You know, people say, well, I did. I told them. Well, also take time to reflect because if you ask this question and the other person says, well, I, I don't know and I don't know how I would do it, that could really fluster you if you feel as though, oh, I've done all of my work to teach this person and now what? Well, that's when we're real with the fact that everyone is a different type of learner. And that goes for social and emotional skills just as much as academic skills, just as much as how to clean our room. Some people need to actually have it done with them. They need that action. They need to be able to build it up in their brain and figure it out. Some people, they are very auditory and they need to be able to look at you and listen to the words that you say coming out of your mouth once again in a different type of way. Some people are visual. They need to be able to see it, maybe even an example of what they're trying to see. Each of these need to be honored. And there's times when you say, this line of questioning and you realize, wait a minute, there's a gap. There's a gap. And I think it was my bad. I'm going to regroup and I'm going to express myself differently depending on this unique human being that I'm talking to, depending on the way this person is motivated. Speaking of motivation, that is something that I've learned really helps out a lot of understanding what motivates the person that you're talking to. Some people are motivated by a goal of like a, a trip or a reward type goal. I know that my husband thrives on the thought of his next outing or vacation or getaway. And, um, and this is something that actually helps him work better. It actually helps him get things done because he can think and I don't know, imagine. And when he takes his breaks, many times his breaks will be, oh, what are we going to uh, buy or do or what stores or are at the next place we're going or what outing is there? Me, 
that distracts me. For me, I just want to know we're going and that the details are pretty much done. And I want that to be on my calendar. But if I think about it, I am so much in mode of thinking about that, that nothing that I need to do gets done because the actual trip itself doesn't motivate me to work. I've never really worked for rewards. I work for more what the outcome is going to be, how it's going to fulfill me, what what the reasons and the why behind what I'm doing. So have you ever considered how the person that you are trying to communicate with is motivated and then work within that rather than what works for you? If you happen to have a child that's motivated by a reward, then great. Use that strategy within reason. Of course, you don't want them constantly working for junk food that's horrible for their body. We'll save that for another story. But okay, set a goal and work with that as far as a reward. But maybe you have somebody that actually needs a why or needs a um, something that's going to happen that will give them um, a reward in a different type of way to make them feel as though they accomplished something and they were achieved something. Depending on how you're motivated, you can move forward with something in a different way to help them get what they want and to help you both achieve a different place of connection. When these type of things are in the pocket as far as um, them understanding you and them feeling understood and feeling heard, and then you understand them in a type of way, and then you can listen to them, these type of communications, ultimately, they cause us to have a connection. We're connected at the heart. We're connected in the mind. We're on the same page. As you move forward within your day, look for opportunities for you to ask these questions and then see what difference it makes. Ask yourself, ask your loved ones, ask your children, and ask it with a tone that shows compassion and shows caring and shows that you really are interested in their best interests, in their best hopes. You want them to get things done in a way that's amazing. and. What are those questions again? What are you doing? What are you supposed to be doing? Are you doing that? And what are you going to do about it? And now I'm going to ask you, think about that thing in your life. Think about that most important thing that keeps you up or keeps you motivated or uh, that most important relationship. What are you doing? in that situation? What are you supposed to be doing? Imagine the pathways that you have to do what you're supposed to be doing. And then ask yourself, am I doing that? Is every one of those pathways the things that I'm walking? Am I communicating properly? Am I moving forward with what I need to do? Am I taking care of my responsibilities? Am I being compassionate? Whatever it might be. Am I doing that? And then straight up, what are you going to do about it? Consider that now. Your call of action is yours but it's not yours to keep and then let it fly away. It's yours to take hold of and then do something about it. Do something different. 
And once you do that different thing and you feel like what it feels like to be in line with your values and what you want, you're going to walk through this next month and you're going to feel like you have a whole new lot on life. You're going to feel like you have the ability to motivate others even in a different type of way because you felt it for yourself. And that's what I hope you do in this next week to come. Consider what you're doing. If that's not what you're supposed to be doing, ask yourself and tell yourself what you should be doing and then start the process towards that. If you'd like to talk to me about it, you can always email me at share at the focused mindset. And I got some of these questions like, you know, from my journal, 30 Days to Higher Hopes. It's an interactive writing book. I have a lot of notes that I put in for you. And it's just one way you can hop on Amazon for a very low price that you can have a guideline for the next 30 days to help yourself figure out these very questions and also a lot more because I want you to be able to believe in a brighter future and that you can do things to get there. So it's time for me to get moving. Thank you for listening. And until next time, live solution focused. Before you go, don't forget to check the show notes where I'm going to leave the links to my social media and the different places you can find me. And I want to invite you to be a part of my email community. It's absolutely free. And this year I'm doing so much writing and so much reflecting, and I want to send things directly to you. I send the special notes to my email community and you can email me right back. You have a direct line to ask me questions without any barriers of a website or anything. Check the show notes for that link or go to thefocusedmindset.com. And if you click on getting the journal prompts, you also automatically are able to be a part of my community. And if you're interested in supporting this program, there's three ways to do it. One, make sure you're following this program so it comes up as one of your favorites. Two, share it either on your social media or with someone you love straight to their email. And the third is to leave a review. And I love reading those. By supporting this program, we're helping people be solution-focused. See you next week.